Welcome, listeners, to episode number 27 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my old college friends from Indiana, uh, Mr. Chika Agwu, is joining me from Houston, and he's going to be covering uh, a variety of different topics today. Chika has been able to live in several different cities around the country, and so he brings a really cool perspective being able to compare some of those different cities and some of the restaurants that he likes and um, what makes those different areas unique. So to start off with, we're going to be featuring a restaurant in New Orleans, which was a city that he lived in for a while. And so Chica, I'll go ahead and kick it over to you and let you uh, describe the restaurant. The restaurant is called Desi Vegas and it's a steakhouse. Um, So if you want to just go ahead and get started and give us an overview of the restaurant and tell us if, if somebody's never been there before, what they might be able to expect. Okay. Hi, uh, listeners. Um, my name is Chica Prince Agwu. Uh, like Andrew said, I'm a great friend of his. Went to college together, uh, did some intramurals together, definitely took some classes together. So, you know, we know each other pretty much um, <clears throat> pretty well. You know, we, we stayed good friends throughout this whole time. So it's an honor and a privilege definitely for me to join this podcast, um, Food for Thought. So, just to hop right in, like he said, I want to highlight one of my uh, favorite restaurants of all time. It's in New Orleans, uh, a place I lived in for about two, two and a half years, uh, between 2018 and 2020, so right before the pandemic started. And mm-hmm. uh, so I got the full experience of this restaurant. This restaurant is called Desi Vegas. Mm-hmm. It is a, um, I don't know if it's known as a steakhouse, but it does have some really, really good steaks. Um you know, just walking you through the menu, but I will order, you know, talking about an appetizer, entree, and dessert. <clears throat> we definitely got to start with the drinks first. And I'm a margarita type of person. I like sugar on the rim, um, a strawberry margarita with sugar on the rim. But if you're talking about food, just to get into it, um, the appetizers, you cannot go wrong with the fresh jumbo lump crab cake uh, with chili aioli on it. Um, definitely very appetizing, very good. It is a little bit shareable, could probably share between one or two people, but, um, great way to, uh, enlighten your taste buds and, to uh, start off your meal. Just, uh, as a reminder, since I am probably going to eat the steak, I will order a, uh, a Manhattan, a classic Manhattan. They do those very, very well here. Uh, just to give you just a, a brief, a description of the ambiance at this restaurant is it's pretty high end. Um, there's two locations in New Orleans. There's one right in the French Quarter. There's one right outside uh, in an area called Metairie, which is right next to New Orleans. It's not too far, maybe about five or ten minutes away. Kind of some conjoining cities. But Desi Vegas is one of those restaurants that isn't talked about enough. It's a seafood and prime steakhouse restaurant. Uh, the Manhattans are very good. As an appetizer, I'm going to have the fresh jumbo lump crab cake, very shareable with the chili aioli. And as my entree, I'm definitely going to get the bone-in ribeye steak. You cannot go wrong with that. It is very, very delicious. Definitely a little bit pricey, but let me tell you guys something. It, it comes out well-prepared, sizzling on the bone. I know when you make a steak, you got to let it rest for, you know, about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how you want your steak. I cook mine, preferably medium. Um, and it's going to come out exactly how you want it. It's a 22-ounce 
ribeye and it is delicious. I can't say enough about it. Literally, um, <clears throat> even as a person from Texas, this is the best steak I've ever had. And I can't tell if it's because of the presentation or the flavor, but both of those together, definitely my number one. Um, if you want some size with it, obviously it's a steak. So I'm going to get me a baked potato no matter what, loaded all the way. Right. And then, um, depending on how I feel, you know, the cream spinach, the asparagus can't go wrong with either of those two. But if it's a steak, let's load on the potatoes. Let's get the garlic mashed potatoes with the loaded baked potato. Go along with that steak. You cannot go wrong with that. So um, the highlight of my restaurant today is definitely Desi Vegas uh, Seafood and Prime Steak. It's a high-end restaurant. If you go to the one in Metairie, you're going to go up an elevator on the third floor. Beautiful view of the sea and the ocean. Um, it's just very, very classy, right? So there you go. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I mean, I love a good steakhouse. I, I think what's nice about steakhouses, you know, generally, like you can find them in in many different cities and you kind of know, you know, what to expect in terms of uh, the different cuts of steak that you're going to get, the different sides that you can choose from. It's usually like a nicer, uh, you know, white, ta white tablecloth, um, fine dining experience. So it sounds like um, you, the place you're describing uh, in New Orleans uh, checks off a lot of those boxes. But I think, you know, from what you've said, what makes it sound kind of unique is, um, certainly I think the seafood could be better. So like you said, you know, start off with a little appetizer, get some crab, uh, cause, cause you're down in the South and you have good access to good seafood. And also, um, you know, the ambiance makes a big difference as well. So, uh, you mentioned that you get a nice view of, of the water and you're up on the third floor. And so it kind of, uh, makes you, uh, feel like you're really in the heart of the city. Um, so is there anything else that, that you could, share about uh just you know in terms of like what the neighborhood is like where it's around and um you know kind of uh you know what what that vibe is like when you're going to this restaurant yeah sure 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 so the one i prefer is the one in metairie so that's right outside new orleans it can't be more than five or ten minutes um most people even probably consider it new orleans that's the one on the third floor of the building and it's a nice view of the, the whole ocean almost makes you feel like you're on a boat um, and then the second location, or maybe this was the first one, is actually in the French Quarter, right? So if you've ever been in New Orleans, the French Quarter is, you know, the heart of the city. Um, and it's not too far from Bourbon Street. So if you're trying to go to Bourbon Street before or after, probably not the place to go just because you won't be in the, in the best attire. This is kind of like, um, you know, you want to dress a little bit nicer here as to where you want to dress very much more casual uh, on Bourbon Street or any of those strips that you want to go to in New Orleans and have a couple of um, couple of drinks. So, um, but inside the restaurant, definitely, it's a, it's a nice ambiance. You know, A1 service, there's always somebody waiting on you. Um, very high-end, very classy, um, very nice. You know, I love it. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I, I've been to New Orleans two times and I both times that I went, I was very impressed with the food, uh, found some really great restaurants. But I always think of New Orleans as just being like a food city. And I, I feel like when I talk to other people who have lived there, who have been there, I'm always hearing about new restaurants that I hadn't heard of before. So now, like I can add Desi Vegas to my list 
And hopefully if I can get back down there, um, this would be a great one to check out. But yeah, like I mentioned early on in the podcast, uh, you did live there for a period of time. And so we wanted to spend a little time talking about New Orleans as a city and the food that you can find there. Um, so I know one thing in particular that you like is oysters. Um, so what would you say about the oyster scene in New Orleans? And do you have any recommendations of uh, places to check out? The oyster, yes, <laughs> you're you're 100% correctly. Um, the oyster scene in New Orleans is the best oyster scene that you can find, uh, just hands down. Um, New Orleans is one of those cities where, you know, just, you know, just to be frank, if you can't eat seafood or seafood is not your thing, this is probably not your city. There's literally an oyster bar on every corner of New Orleans, and I love it. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of other oysters, a lot of crab, uh, crab legs. Um, what season are we in? We're in um, crawfish season. Everywhere's got them on every corner. But, you know, there's a couple that definitely stand out, right? There's a couple that definitely stand out. And uh, when I was living in New Orleans, is you know part of my two two and a half year experience. Um, any part people that I would I would run into uh, would speak about where's your favorite oyster spot? Where's your favorite oyster spot? Where's your favorite oyster spot? And we would always get into a little bit of an argument about it. And I'm talking about more so affordable oysters, right? I'm talking about just everyday oysters, one where you're not spending four dollars on oyster, just some just really delicate, good oysters for a good price, great ambiance, great drinks. Um, you're going to probably spend a dollar, maybe two, depending on the season of the oysters, but definitely worth it. And um, the honorable mention, I would put Dini's in there, right? But the three best ones that you're always going to have some sort of debate or discussion about is a place called uh, Dragon's Oysters, right? They're very, very good. A uh, nice restaurant as well. Um, Acme Oysters, which is another very good oyster. Those are personally my favorite oysters. If I go get oysters in New Orleans, that's where I'm going. The drinks make it that much better. Very affordable. Uh, the char-grilled, you cannot go wrong with the char-grilled oysters, really at any of these places. And, and last but not least is Neo's. And I want to highlight Neo's just a little bit because it's a black-owned restaurant. In New Orleans, uh, there's about two Neos, one on each side of town. Uh, I go to the one in Mid-City, but all of them are very delicious. Acme, Dragons, Dini's, and Neos. Uh, preferably, I like either raw or char-grilled. Some people like them fried. Uh, that's fine, too, but char-grilled and raw. Those oysters are the best. You cannot go wrong with them. Have a nice margarita with them or a nice gin tonic, or whatever you like. Uh, the oysters in New Orleans are just impeccable. You know, they're second to none. So those, those, that's my list. If you need any recommendations, let me know. <laughs> uh, so I know in my experience eating oysters, and there is a good oyster scene out here in the Bay Area. Um, I think, like you mentioned, uh, you kind of have to search for the affordable ones because a lot of restaurants you'll go to, You'll find oysters for $3 each, $4 each. And uh, so it can get a bit pricey, um, you know, for sort of a small quantity of food. Um, but I know in my experience eating oysters, I typically 
like them raw as well. Uh, maybe I'll put some lemon on it, put some hot sauce. Um, so curious to hear, you know, what is your uh, strategy when, you, when you're eating oysters? Like what do you put it on a cracker? Do you put some hot sauce on it? And and also, you know, you mentioned the charred grilled oysters. That's not something I've really uh, had much. So, um, you know, what makes that different? Like is in terms of like how you would eat it, like do you just eat it uh, plain? Mm-hmm. Or what- You never had a charred grilled oysters? I have not. I need to get to New Orleans, I think. Oh, my God. Those are the best oysters. So just to answer your question, um, the raw oysters, yeah, you got to put the got to put all the sauces, all that good stuff that you want on there. And you can eat it with a little cracker if you're trying to get filled up. But to me, don't pollute your oyster. You know what I mean? With the cracker. Just eat the oyster straight. <laughs> Slurp it up, baby. That shit good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting too much into it, uh, Andrew. But no, those oysters, man, especially raw. You should not. No, no cracker with it. Just slurp it up right off the shell. Use a little fork. Sco- you know, scoop the side of it. Make sure that you go. You know what I mean? Be able to suck it right through. No chewing involved. It goes right down the throat. It's all good. Um, but no, the oysters raw is very good. I do dress it. But I don't have to dress it. None of these places that I'm talking to y'all guys about, you have to dress your oyster. They, they come that good. They come that uh, pristine. So, But charcoal oysters, that's another level. Like You got to get uh, the server to charcoal your oysters. That garlic taste. Some people um, even put a little bit of crab meat on it. Uh, there's different ways you could definitely eat it, but an oyster is an oyster at the end of the day. And Definitely delicious, and, and it's definitely home to New Orleans for sure, and it's for a reason too. And so, let's say you're going out to one of these uh, oyster bars. Um, would you say this is typically something where you'll go out and order oysters and order a drink, and that will kind of be your your destination, or do you like to do more of a oysters as an appetizer, and then you'll order some kind of a main course at at some of these different restaurants? Um, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. It kind of depends how hungry I am. Sometimes I'm in a mood for oysters. I'm, I'm, listen, put 24 on my face, give me a strawberry margarita and stay in my way. Give me two dozen oysters, a strawberry margarita, and I am set. But, uh, <laughs> most people can't, most people can't do that many oysters. So I always go with the, uh, the soft shell crab. You cannot go wrong with the soft shell crab. A little bit of tartar sauce that make those very, very well as well. Uh, maybe a side of some hush puppies, right? Right? Can't forget about the hush puppies. But um, oysters, hush puppies, um, man, that is my go-to meal in New Orleans for sure. They make it very seasoned, very good. Um, at the end of the day, man, it's affordable, right? You can have a drink, oysters, get your seafood in, um, and then and then hit Bourbon Street, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess. You know, one other thing when I think about food in New Orleans, before I had ever gone there, the recommendations that I had heard from other people was that New Orleans is really known for the po' boy. And so people told me, you know, that's something that you have to try when you're there. And, and when I was there, I, uh, I certainly had it a couple of times. Uh, so I know one of the types of po' boy you can get is oyster and then they have other um, you can do shrimp, you can do, there's other types. Of, um, so, uh, you know, for those listeners, maybe haven't heard of a po' boy. So it's kind of like a type of sandwich that you would, you would have. And if I'm not mistaken, I think usually it's like 
uh, some type of seafood. So I was just curious, like, is an oyster a type of thing that you do on the po'boy or, or is a po'boy a thing that, that you like to get sometimes? Okay, so, um, man, po' boys might be actually po more popular than oysters. The staple of a po' boy, actually, the end of the day is just French bread, right? So you just basically cut up some French bread. Uh, picture like a long loaf of French bread that you're you, you cutting, cutting up into about three. And then uh, you're adding mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomatoes. And then whatever kind of seafood you want. To go on that right you could get uh shrimp oysters things of that nature i've seen crab be put on there but if you do have the oyster on a poor boy it is going to have to be fried that is the only way you're going to be able to eat an oyster is on a poor boy is fried um which that's the only way i'm gonna eat a fried oyster <laughs> in general uh, it needs a little bit of that bread to, to loosen it up, but uh, no, you can't go wrong with that either. Oys uh, oysters and po' boys are very popular in New Orleans, and um, the po' boy with the oyster, make sure that oyster gets fried. You don't want to eat no shell with that bread. <laughs> uh, all right, so so one final question about New Orleans before we start to move on to some other cities and and dig into to those as well. Uh, so we talked about the oysters, we talked about the po' boy. So I'm just curious if you had to give a recommendation for like three foods that somebody has to try, because um, I think, you know, New Orleans is actually a pretty unique city in the U.S., I would say. I think it's a city that has a lot of uh, people say a lot of French influence from looking at its history. And um, it's just a very charming kind of unique city that stands on its own in terms of the architecture and the music and the food and everything. So uh, with that being said, I think, you know, maybe there's certain foods in the area that you can't find in other parts of the United States. So if you had to say like, these are three foods that somebody should try if they're visiting for the first time, uh, what would be on that list? Well, one thing I wanted to highlight actually, um, it's a, it's another black owned restaurant. It's called sweet soul food. And it is so good, guys. I cannot tell you how good this sweet soul food is. And you know what the best thing about it is, uh, Andrew? What's the best thing? It's vegan. Oh, okay. It is a vegan uh, soul food spot in the heart of Mid-City. Um, it comes with uh, one entree and two sides, two entree and two sides, or three entree and two sides. And let me tell you something. This vegan food is better than any other uh, soul food you could ever find. And not even using milk and, and cheese and the real stuff. Like, this stuff is so good. I recommend, no matter what you get as your entree, and the cauliflower, uh, the cauliflower buffalo nuggets is very good. But you have to get a side of mac and cheese. That mac and cheese is something else. I am telling you. Like, I take that mac and cheese when I go to New Orleans back with me back to Houston on my drive because it's that good. And it's a vegan spot. So, um, you know, that is a, a huge shout out. Sweet Soul Food New Orleans in the heart of Mid-City. It was about it was walk. It was about maybe a mile from where I was. But let me tell you all something. You cannot go wrong with that, especially if you're a vegan. Very filling. They have great tea. They have. Uh, strawberry tea, I know that. They have sweet tea, and they also have a green tea. Uh, this green tea is made with real vegetables and dietary uh, combinations and components. Um, 
definitely one thing that you need to try out. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, that's yeah, another another restaurant I'm gonna have to add on to my list. It sounds like something uh, something that's unique, something that'd be good to check out. So, one more question for New Orleans. So, uh, Cafe de Mon, very popular place where you get the beignets and then they serve like coffee and and other hot drinks. Would you say it's overrated, underrated, or you know something that's worth checking out? Truthfully, it is overrated. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Cafe du Monde is overrated. It has a great beignet. If you like dough, powdered sugar, that is a place for you. But the the popular Cafe du Monde, and I uh, can't remember off the top of my head what street it's on. It's on a very um, popular New Orleans street. Um, it's on Decatur. It's on Decatur Street, now that I think about it. That line, y'all listening? That line is out the door. Like, it is far down the street, and people wait for it. That is how good it is. Cafe Du Monde. The only reason I say it's overrated is because you can also get it at the local mall, and you can also get it in the airport, right? So you can get the same food somewhere else without waiting in that long of a line. But you're in New Orleans. It's the experience. It's in the heart of the French Quarter. Cafe Du Monde, shout out to them. Um, one thing I also wanted to shout out was, um, you know, if you're into brunch, uh, I know a lot of people are into brunch. There's a place called Morrow's. Morrow's is very, very good. Uh, another black owned establishment. It is delicious. You cannot go wrong. There's not a bad thing on the whole menu. Uh, the only thing about Cafe Du Monde, which is also in the French Quarter, you have to get there about two hours early to hold your reservation. So, um, just to give you advice, if you wanted to eat at, I guess, 1 p.m., get there at 11 a.m., get your ticket, and then go walk around the French Quarter. Go see something nice. Go buy some uh, touristy stuff. Go have a drink because it will be a long wait. It's about two hours long. But trust me, the food is delicious uh, at Morrow's. It's a great brunch spot. They also have lunch and dinner as well. But no matter what time of day, it's so good that there's always a two-hour wait. They do let you leave, uh, but you just got to make sure you get back within your two hours. Go have a drink. Go toward the French Quarter. Go do your thing. Uh, just to circle back to Andrew's question, Cafe Du Monde, ah, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit overrated just because there are different locations you could get it at without waiting in the long line. But if you don't mind waiting in the long line, enjoying the experience um and you like dough and you like uh powdered sugar that's the place to be for sure yeah yeah that's great um so so much food in new orleans i mean i i think uh it was good that we uh you know spent some time talking about the food scene there some of the restaurants some of the seafood um and yeah cafe de Monde was a place that i went the last time i was there and it was a long line um there's what not do a lot you think of about it um, I thought, you know, I, I kind of seemed to me like a little bit of one of, like they would say a tourist trap, like you waited a long line, uh, you know, and you just, could have just ate it at the airport, right? You could have just yeah. ate it at the airport or at the mall. It's at the mall too, y'all. So yeah. if you want to, if you're there just for the taste, overrated, go, you know, you could go get it somewhere else. If you're there for the experience, definitely check it out and hit the French Quarter. I think if you're in the neighborhood, it's worth going and walking by it because they do have like where you walk by the windows and you can look in and see them preparing it. And, um, you know, it is kind of an iconic spot. You can take photos there, but 
you could almost just go there, walk by, see everybody else standing in line, and then go somewhere else to enjoy a good beignet. Because I remember talking to somebody at the hotel I was staying at, and they were like, yeah, they named off like three or four different places that have great beignets that, um, you know, don't have the uh, the big tourist crowd like Cafe de Mans, So, And if I remember correctly, they sell... Um... They sell local New Orleans coffee there. I don't know if it's a Cafe Du Monde brand coffee, but it's definitely local New Orleans coffee that I know people go crazy for if you like coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the other popular thing. Like they had coffee and I'm sure probably hot chocolate and tea, like different hot drinks that people could have to uh, enjoy while they have their, their powdery sugar beignets. So, uh, yeah, so that was kind of our overview of New Orleans. We have a couple other cities we're going to talk through, uh, just a quick overview. So we're going to talk about Bloomington, which was our college town where we spent four years. Uh, we're going to talk about Boston, where you spent some time, and Houston, which is uh, your home home city where you live now. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and and talk about Bloomington. So uh, it's, a, it's a great, you know, small uh, college town, um, I think we both had a really great experience when we were there. Um, and so, yeah, just to get started, what would be your uh, go-to restaurant or, you know, the, the place that you uh, have the most fondest memories of to go eat when, when you spent your time in Bloomington? Okay. Um, yeah, Bloomington was a great time. Definitely uh, spent a lot of good times with Andrew. We probably ate at every one of these restaurants together at least once or twice or three times. But we definitely had a couple drinks there. Um and I want to preface my statements by saying I graduated a little bit ago. I graduated in 2014. So everything I'm saying might not be exactly what it is today. But I wanted to highlight the fact that, man, there was a time for sure and probably still is today that uh, Bloomington was was great for food in terms of uh, what you got for the amount of money you spent. Um, I would think the main staples of five the five you know, best places to eat in terms of like a kind of like a bar scene where you can still get food. You can still see people, hang out with your friends, your classmates, you know, and just, you know, enjoy the the weather and the view was a uh, KOK, which is Kilroy's um, sports, which is also owned by KOK Kilroy's uh, brothers was another great one um, where they have the hairy bear um, Nick's, which is where they had Sink the Biz. That was another good one. And, um, yeah, those were, the, those were the main ones that you would go to. And the last one I would say was Bears. Bears, Brothers, Knicks, KOK, and Sports. I'm going to tell you the best things at each one, right? So KOK, known for their breadsticks. These are the best breadsticks ever. Each breadstick is like a pizza, right? And they would give you three and a side for like $2, two dollars right uh and you couldn't you know amf right next to that right after classes you you couldn't go anything better than that sports i think they were known for the uh quesadillas sports has some really good quesadillas and mind you all that everything i'm telling y'all on a tuesday was two dollars maybe still is i don't know i gotta gotta make a trip back pretty soon but calicata quesadillas are really really good Bears, they had a very, very great drink. They were actually known for their pizza. So Bears is actually a pizza place. I I don't know if it's closed or if it's closing. I don't know what I've heard, but they had a drink called the Hairy Bear. 
Yes, you heard me right. It was called the Harry Bear. What did you think about the Harry Bear, Andrew? So my my memory about the Harry Bear was like there was kind of a typical bar crawl that people said that you had to do, and you would start like by bears, and then you would head over to Walnut and head up north and and end the night at Sports. So I always remember the Harry Bears being like that. That's what people said. Like you had to start there. Like that was the first place to go. Um, but I remember it was a big drink, uh, very sweet, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was it was kind of more of a like a slower. That's why they say start the night there because it's more of a slower, like um, quieter atmosphere compared to some of the other bars that are you know very loud and busy and everything. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you, you, you basically described it exactly how I would. The Harry Bear was pretty sweet. I Honestly, I, it was pretty strong, too, to be honest. Um, I thought the reason they said start there was because it was one of the strongest drinks you'll have of the night. You need to get that one out of the way. You know, you drink one of those, it got you exactly where you needed to be. And it kind of set the tone for the night. So shout out to Bears. It was a little bit out of the way. It was the only one of these bars on the east side of campus, southeast side of campus. Most of these other bars on the west side, but uh, no, Bears was definitely like Andrew said, um, where you wanted to start your, it's where you wanted to start your bar crawl night. So, um, if it's still open, you know, make sure you hit that up before it closes. Do a nice little bar crawl there. Uh, make sure you have rules for your bar crawl. Makes it a little bit more funner. But Bears was definitely the starting point of your night every night at Bloomington. Um, and then you had uh, you had Knicks which had a game called Sink the Biz. Wasn't there like a cup in a bucket, Andrew? Exactly. Yeah, cup in the bucket, and then everybody, you take turns, and everybody slowly pours beer into the cup until it sinks in. And then when it sinks, put your hand in the bucket, grab that cup out, and drink the whole thing. And then, you know, back in the pre-COVID days, uh, it was not the most, uh, you know, germ-friendly game that you could play. <laughs> Everybody's hand was <laughs> was in the beer that you had to drink. You think about the things that we did in Bloomington pre-COVID. I mean, we used to play beer pong outside in the tailgate fields. And, uh, you know, the ball would hit the grass, hit the dirt. You'd wash it in one of the beer. <laughs> like, it was yikes. <laughs> but uh, the last place I want to highlight was Brothers. Brothers was a nice little cool bar. It was also a bar that you could start your night off with and, and also end your night off with. It was it wasn't the most exciting, but it, it was right in the middle, right where you needed to be. Good drinks, good food, great atmosphere. I think it's right on College Street, right next to, to sports, to be honest, right? Yeah, yeah, right there. You got Brothers, you got Sports, and then you also had the Bluebird, which had live music as well. Well, how did I forget about the Bluebird and 15 Cent Beer Night? Are we, we're talking about food. I think we're, t- we're supposed to be talking about food. We're talking more about the drinks we drank at Bloomington, aren't we? It's hard. It's hard to beat fifteen cent. You know, I think you and I both moved to to a cities that are a bit more expensive. That was pretty crazy. The prices in some of these bars in Bloomington. Let me tell you today, if they try to sell me a fifteen cent beer, I would tell them to empty out their keg, and I would buy the bar. I would just buy the bar, like at this point. But no, back in the day, like Andrew said, a fifteen cent beer on a Wednesday night, which was honestly counterproductive to. <laughs> to what we should have been doing out there. But uh, you could go outside for $2 and have a phenomenal night, better night than most nights. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what stands out to me. I mean, I so I think Brothers as well, they had on Thursday nights, it was like $1 beer a night. So you actually had to pay a cover to get in. But even then, 
you know, five, $10 cover and it's $1 beer. And they actually have like craft beers, like, you know, local brewery. Yes. You get a free t-shirt. And then that was the other thing at KOK, you know, you would get the free t-shirt on the weekends and then, during the next week at class, you'd see everybody wearing, you know, what was Thursday nights were free three shirt nights. Yeah, they had a different, uh, different shirt every week. So you know that was pretty cool that they. Uh, I had a lot of those shirts, a lot of those shirts. I cannot believe I don't know where they are at today. I probably wouldn't fit them anyway, but still, um, those were always. It was almost like a souvenir, like, you know, you you would you would hate to see a shirt. That you that you really like that you missed that week, but um, you always got the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I feel the same way about like I have these shirts from college, and slowly over the years they disappear one by one. And but uh, yeah, I think um, you know when I when I moved to San Francisco, that was one of the things that was just like part of the culture shock for me of like being an adult and living in a city was. I went from $1 beer nights at Brothers when I was in Bloomington. And then I come to San Francisco and it's like, oh, here's the cocktail menu. It's $12, $13 for one drink. Insane. What did they get off charging us that much? Making money now, but you're also, you know, paying taxes, paying rent. and You know, you don't have... Uh... It feels the same. It feels like, it, you know what I mean? It feels like, wow, this is like... It, it it's it's very interesting that you make money, you pay thirteen dollars, you feel the same as when you're broke and you're paying two dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean the the bar scene in Bloomington was great, and the you know the the specials that you get the Tuesday, the Thursday, you know these different specials. Another one uh, that I would say was was like one of the personal favorites for me was Yogi's. Um, because that was a place that was kind of close to where I lived senior year. So my roommates and I used to go there during the week and they had a great like buffalo chicken sandwich, um, uh, you know, your typical bar food, but they had good wings and they had good burgers. And um, that was another good spot to go check out. So the more we talk about it, the more I learned that, man, Bloomington really has some great food. And it was definitely catered to the people that went or lived in the city. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, it was good food. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes when I go back and scroll through my old college photos that I have on like Facebook and stuff, I have uh, I have, a, I have a good one that you and I and we were both a part of different student organizations and and the diversity initiatives. And there's a group of us at the Village Deli having breakfast and we were all in like business casual after coming from like some networking event. Send that to me so I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to post it when we post the episode. Uh, I'll include that one in there. It was fun going down memory lane. That was a great overview of the uh, restaurants and bar scene in Bloomington. Um, I know it's been a couple of years since I've been back. So, yeah, it would be a lot of fun if we plan some kind of uh, reunion to get back there. And coming this year. Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. September, October, sometime around there. I'm going this year, so hopefully I'll see you there. I'll be there. Count me in. We have it on record now, so I'll have to <laughs> hold you to it. Just a quick note, today's episode was an extra long one, so we actually had to divide it into two episodes. So to hear the second half of the episode, be sure to check it out. It's uh, posted the same day that this one has been posted.